Hi everybody, I'm Sal, and you're listening to the Elseworlds Exchange, brought to you by Comic Pop. Go to comicpop.net for all your YouTube comic book needs. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at audible.com. If you use our custom URL at audibletrial.com slash comicpop, you will get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. You can get over 180,000 titles that you can download onto your phone, either i or Android, Kindle or MP3 player. Use that custom URL of audibletrial.com slash comicpop and get yourself a 30-day free trial and one free audiobook download. I recommend The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. After Lord of the Rings hit the scene, I kind of became a fanatic for Lord of the Rings and had to know everything I could know about the universe that Tolkien created, and I started with The Hobbit, and it is a really, really fun book, and it's one that I like to kind of revisit every now and then. This audiobook makes it so much easier for me to just kind of revisit it anytime I want to. So I figured I'd pass the experience and the savings on to you and recommend you download the J.R.R. Tolkien story, The Hobbit. And no, it's not three disappointing movies. It's just one short, fun story. AudibleTrial.com slash Comic Pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange, the only comic book discussion series where you're going to see me and Joel talk about random topics. Today's focused subject is Valentine's Day themed. We're going to be talking about the top comic book power couples in mm. the comic book realms, mostly comprise the big two, but I do have two couples that I kind of really like that are from uh, beyond the big oh, two. Oh, nice, nice. See, I, I wish I had done a little bit more reading and extensive research and expanded it because that's a good idea yeah i was like you know what i'm not gonna leave it just to here because i know people are gonna be like what about so and so i'm like oh i bet i've got them so we're probably gonna be talking about just our favorites and then occasionally i will throw in one or two or joel if you want to contribute you know one or two that just off the top of your head you're like oh we can't forget these people you know we'll True. do that I, I, i've got a top 10 up in front of me but i think i know what we're all gonna cover so i say in honor of Valentine's Day, which isn't here yet, let's let's raise a glass to all the loves we've loved before and yes. all the loves we've lost. All the great loves that we have had and lost. Um, this is our Valentine's Day episode, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. We're going to be talking about love, and specifically the love that we found in comics. When I was, uh, I don't know about you, Joel, but when I first started getting into comics, I was a preteen. I was a, I was a mm -hmm. child. I was in grade school, so I was aware of girls. I wanted their attention, but I didn't know what I would do with it. Uh, mm -hmm. Not unlike now, where right. I really don't know what I'm doing. But <laughs> back then, when I had like when I was on the same playing field as all the other kids, uh, I had no idea what to do about all these feelings that I had and all these crushes. I had great epic crushes back when I was in grade school. Uh, uh, oh, how things change and how they stay the same. And in comics, they made love that much more epic and that much more visceral i think because just as everything else is exaggerated in comics the powers the musculature love is also exaggerated exactly the the the, the loves are never it's never that someone was interested and then it petered out no there was a great love and either it ended spectacularly or someone died and that yeah. there was no room in between uh, uh, or, or if you're daredevil they either died went crazy or tried to kill you or some combination of all three mostly all three combinated 
Talk um, about a tragic love life there. Just if you want to live, just don't just don't fall in love with Matt Murdock. It's no, that. yeah, that is not a good move for you. Uh, ladies out there who are interested in Matt Murdock, do not engage. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Foggy, though, Foggy's a nice guy. Uh, I think that there's an issue there, too, though. I think that the, the, the fallout, the Matt Murdock bomb that is his personality will af- affect you as well if you are, uh, you know, involved in some way with Matt Murdock's life. By the way, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, heck, for a second there, it seemed like uh, Wade had written him a really happy relationship with that new woman, Kristen, and now she's nowhere to be found as this new series starts. No, I hate that, because it's like, you know what? Wade built a a great big world here. He did such a good job with the the series, really uh, built up some character work. Nada. Um, Which is like... It, it, it was Mark freaking Wade. I get it if Howard Mackey set up things and then you gotta do something new, but, like, it's Mark Wade, man! Build off of the foundation he laid for you! It, clearly there seems to be some magic shenanigans at play in that book, the fact that no one in New York can remember that Matt Murdock is Daredevil, so clearly something happened. He probably made a deal with the devil, which allowed him to something. then make a deal with Doctor Strange, Mr. Fantastic, and Tony Stark to set off some kind of magic bomb that made everyone forget or am i getting my characters crossed um, i don't know man the the daredevil making a deal with the marvel devil that's a story i would read yeah actually that makes more sense matt murdoch making a deal with mephisto and guess what we'll probably see that in the future so no all right uh by the way i just want to put a quick pitch out there for another episode of elseworlds exchange Top bromances in comics. Oh, there's a good one. Because I was going to say, oh, we could probably touch on a couple of bromances. No. You know what? That's a whole nother show. That, that is a whole other show because there's a lot of great bromances and bromances that have changed over time. It's true. Uh, so, yeah, as a, as a kid, you know, the idea of, like, love being this great adventure in and of itself... Uh, I, I viewed it thusly, and nothing made me more prepared and unprepared for relationships than Peter Parker and the oh, many loves yes. that he had and lost. So many. What was what was your experience with uh, with romances in comics as as as, uh, as a young Joelite? Uh, well, you know, like you said, I mean, probably the first one that I ever saw was you know Peter Parker and Mary Jane back on the old the old '90s Spider-Man show, and that was the thing. And they'd have whole arcs of Mary Jane missing and everything, and oh, I gotta find her and everything. Mary Jane, Jane! and she became uh, every... a Hydro clone. Oh, I loved that movie. That <laughs> no, is that might be it's bigger and more melodramatic than uh, when he was the black costume and was looking for Shocker. When Mary Jane died, no, I've never seen acting like that before or since. Unbelievable. He was given her, man. He was given that Just such love, uh, such such pathos there for that character. Uh, But I think we could kick things off with Spider-Man and the many loves of his life. Uh, As a huge Spider-Man fan growing up, there were... And, and of course, Peter Parker being, like, the hapless loser who could never mm-hmm. get a date. Dude's been with many, many people uh, oh, yes. from his uh, law, from his long unrequited love with Liz Allen to oh, his yes. co-worker Betty Brandt. Uh, the shy... Who, the ne- who, who, who dated Eddie Brock after a point. Yeah, yeah, and, all, and that whole drama, which I was like, I never saw that working out between the two of them, and, of course, eventually it would not, but... Um, the, the nebbish, uh, Deborah Whitman, the sultry and alluring Felicia Hardy, AKA the black cat. cat. Uh, I, I, and of, of course, uh, there's also Gwen Stacy where 
I read all the books that had to do with all of those, and like I, I don't think that the the Gwen and the the Gwen and Peter Parker relationship was really truly idealized. Until I mean, later, until after Spider Man Blue, I think Spider Man Blue is the book where they were like, "This is a thing," and it was it wasn't just a character that was created for Peter Parker to have sexual interest in, although she was, mm. and she certainly behaved thusly. There were there was very few moments of character for Gwen back in the day. Uh, but Spider-Man Blue kind of elevated the character into something kind of uh, uh, larger than life. And, and even stuff that would come later, like Spectacular Spider-Man, the cartoon, did a great job with Gwen Stacy. One of my favorite versions of Gwen Stacy so uh, is, is that one. She had a character. She was It's that and Ultimate Gwen Stacy for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely two amazing versions that I think really help elevate that one and kind of make it worth all the love that some of these older writers has. Because I think that's what it comes back to, too, where it's like, you know, the writers, hey, when I was reading the book, Peter loved Gwen. So obviously when I'm going to write it, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That's why I think that while people are really, really still pretty upset about the Mary Jane Peter Parker split up, I was just going back and reading some old Amazing Spider-Mans when... Uh, they thought that she died. She had. Uh, she, there was a really stupid plot where Spider-Man touched some dude and <sighs> imprinted his memories and experiences onto him, and he fell in love with Mary Jane through that experience and like uh-huh. arranged for an airline explosion to hide her uh, from her kidnapping and make it look like she died in a plane crash or whatever. Uh-huh. So stupid, but it made her. It made Mary Jane go like, "I don't want to be with you anymore," and she leaves. And then one of the many moments. Yeah. And then like make that choice. And then, and then Straczynski comes in and he's clearly brought in to get them back together. And indeed he does in a really like brilliant and powerful book. So, but that was in like 2003. So that was a long time ago, like 13 years ago in a galaxy far, far away. I mean, the fact that it is 13 years old now means that everything's cyclical. Like, Pete oh, yeah. and Mary Jane will be together again. There's no point in hashing a dead horse or beating it, rather. It, 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 we're talking about, like, you know, when Peter Parker and Mary Jane are going to be together, if they were, in fact, star-crossed or if they're, you know, hey, really meant to be. Hey, hey, you know what'll get them back together? If they cast Mary Jane for that new movie they're doing, I'm sure they'll find just the right reason to get them back together in the I, comics I think well. even even before that, I think, because I think they, they're they going to want to play up the whole, like, the, the whole Archie Andrews element of Peter Parker. Mm. Uh, so I feel like the only thing that'll happen is you just need a dude who's in his 30s in his 30s or 20s to go become a Spider-Man writer or become the <laughs> or or become editor of the Spider-Man books then you'll see them get that together. So oh, well, when's that going to happen? I mean like the next 5 years <laughs> probably. But uh you know cuz eventually Slot is going to either leave or or uh, Axel Alonso is going to like lift the ban or whatever. There's going to be mm. some kind of decision that'll. But in any case, uh, you want to know who my favorite Spider-Man love interest is, or at least favorite modern Spider-Man love interest. That? And technically, it wasn't him at the time, but Anne Maria. I really like Anne Maria. Anna Maria is an interesting character that had such potential to become a great supervillain, and I think she's on her way. You think so? Do you really? I do. Uh, I I actually am kind of rooting for her and Doc Ock to like finally get back together. And you see, see, I would like to see that much because you know it was kind of like you know the the whole theme of Superior Spider Man was ultimately this idea that love makes you a better person, and it what it wasn't anything else. It wasn't the new body. It wasn't anything else that made Doc Ock want to be love a hero. of a good woman. It was his love of Anne Marie that made him want 
to do good in the world. And the fact that she was a scientist and she could challenge him intellectually and she could cook and she could do all this other amazing stuff. I'm yep. like, man, I, I'm kind of falling in love with her, honestly. Exactly. And, you know, I, but I, 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 I submit that one day we'll see, you know, Doc Ock, like either he'll get his body back or he'll reveal to Anna Marie that he's in the living brain and she'll be like, hush Otto. Like we'll one day be together. <laughs> I don't know if I want, cause there was a moment there before secret wars and everything where they were kind of toying with the idea that Peter might actually be getting into. They Anna were Maria playing with that. And eventually they were like, no, that that's weird. Let's not do that. I think that'd be amazing to piss off <laughs> Ock that much more. Yeah, where Peter's just like, oh, no, she's kind of awesome. I can kind of see what Doc Ock's on her. Yeah, exactly. I could see how you were working on this, Ock. That sounds like a, like a good time, man. What are you doing later? And and, and, and technically, we've already been together. Uh, right? remember it, but it's happened. <laughs> um, then, of course, they created Silk, who is another, like, weird... Uh... She wasn't a relationship. It was a weird pheromone no, thing. No, but, like, they... Got... There's she's the bride, Joel. She and he are destined to do something together. Someone read Spider Verse just recently. Yeah, uh, stay tuned tomorrow for back issues. Hint, hint, <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, so nudge, nudge, plug, plug. Yeah, exactly. Plug on my own damn show. Uh, yeah. So Spider Man is for me like the gateway into into comic book romance more so than Archie Andrews and Betty and Veronica more so than Lois and Clark, the new adventures mm. of Super. <laughs> nice. uh, God. Uh, so anyway, uh, we're tabling Spider-Man for now. That was just that, that's where you kind of you, really you do get a whole show just on just on the many of loves of love Spider-Man's life. you know life. So moving forward from there, uh, I I wrote down uh, the Peters and Kitty Pride because there's something really interesting about Kitty Pride and her taste in men. Their first names. Uh, she fall, first fell in love with Peter Rasputin, who was grossly mm. over uh, age for her. Yeah, but uh, in Russia is fine. But it's cool. It, it cool. In Soviet Russia. <laughs> in Soviet Russia, statutory They'd they rape you. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, no, um, but eventually they just like, eventually she got older and they were like, nah, it's cool now. It's less gross. It's fine. Uh, who cares? This was really <laughs> their, their approach. Um, but then she got together with Pete Wisdom after, yeah. uh, Colossus left and became an acolyte for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, so f- first Pete Rasputin, then Pete Wisdom, then afterwards, Peter Quill. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. The star, I for, I see I've so blocked Guardians from my mind. I forgot I know. that they were together, like really together too. Like they were carrying on a long distance yeah, relationship. They're still do- they're she- married now. Oh, oh, that's right. They did get married, didn't they? And she became the new Star-Lord and because she's he was Star-Lord busy now. being president of a planet. Being legitimately Star-Lord. Like he is the Lord of Spartax. He's technically the Star-Lord, but she's called Star- whatever. Um but I also uh noticed that she was also in Ultimate Spider-Man where she dated Peter Parker. I know, right? What is up with her and guys named What Pete? the hell? Kitty, that's bizarre. I mean, good she, on you. She has They're, a type. She has a type. I like Peters. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Yeah. Um, there's not much to say about their relationships because she was, whenever I saw them together, I was always like, they never really brought much to the table aside from the ultimate Peter and, and Kitty. And I'm, that's a Spider-Man conversation. So, Man. uh, but I always liked, uh, I, I don't know. It, it, it's weird. Cause I was thinking about like them together and I'm like, Kitty never really brought anything to the table until no. I read, uh, uh, Whedon's Astonishing X-Men and they brought Peter Rasputin back to life mm. and they kind of rekindled their relationship a little bit. And you're like... Okay. 
in the way that only Whedon can do when he does uh, when he does his take on romance. Yeah, and it, it it works. It's passionate, but then when you start to pull threads, you're like, yeah, but it, I don't think it's gonna really work out. Like, I don't think this is really real, or this is really strong enough for this to work, and indeed it doesn't, and so here we are. It, people were asking as we were on the Spider-Man topic, does Miles have a love interest? Yes, he did for a bit, the ultimate Kate Bishop, until we found out that her she parents was... were actually agents of heart, uh, Hydra. Yeah, then the world blew up, and I guess that's that. Although, if she was ultimate Kate Bishop, wouldn't it be cool to see Miles and the current Kate Bishop, Kate Bishop. at least cross paths and have Miles be like, this is really weird. See, like, we used to date back on my world. Yeah. And, and, you, and, and you were much younger, and you had a shock of pink hair, yeah. and it was fun. And this Kate Bishop's like, mm, bye. Yeah, <laughs> really, She's way Kate... too cool for Miles Morales. She I like might, Miles. Like, I like Miles a lot, but I agree. She current is... Kate Bishop is way too... Dude, current Kate Bishop, the joke is she's too cool for regular Hawkeye. That's right! She's too cool for Clint. She'd be way too cool for Miles Morales. I loved in the future storyline when she's the only Hawkeye and she's a far superior Hawkeye who used her family's money to become one of the biggest superheroes in the world. Yeah, yeah. She's well, cool. Clint lives in his dirty apartment with his dog eating pizza. <laughs> <laughs> He's grown a big, thick hobo beard. Yeah, I love, just a uh, quick aside, that they reference that when they go to the future before the secret wars and he's like do i get my dog back and they're like yeah and he's like yay <laughs> also she's dating she's dating novar in that future too to bring it back to couples and right love. she's dating her former uh young avengers uh yeah. partner yeah interesting speaking of young avengers i also wanted to bring up hulkling and wiccan ah there for, you go same for, sex couple there for our go. faustian fans who love that couple uh, I was just reading a thing with them uh, the other day where, it, like, it went into the future and it showed them together. And I was like, That's nice. this is really sweet. I really like this. I always really liked that couple um, because they because it was it's a same sex couple, but it wasn't shoved down your throat. It wasn't forced. It wasn't uh, we're 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 gay. And we don't even care that, you know, we don't care in a big uh, showy offensive way. Like, no, it's just, it's just, it happened and it was organic and it was interesting and it was just a fair relationship. It, it was, and you know, it, at least they're two characters who you know and have their own stuff going on. Unlike, say, uh, North Star and who's North Star's boyfriend? I can't even oh, remember. They, uh, got, they got married and I can't even remember his I name. I don't remember and I don't care. Because, like, North Star was almost more or less created to be one of their. You know, look at what the what diversity we have characters, and it's like. Well, the creator says he was gay from day two when he never thought of him to be gay except for until that second day. It was like, yeah, you know, maybe he should be a gay character. Yeah, how about that? Um, but yeah, I don't remember. But I do remember they made like a special cover wedding issue, a wedding issue for North Star. Like, great, thank you. Well, one of my favorite North Star issues was actually a James Tynan written book. Really? Where it, uh, yeah, where North Star and uh, North Star and Nightcrawler have to save Anoli, another gay mutant who's getting like hate crimed against. Okay. And like, there's this really long awkward silence between Nightcrawler and North Star, and North Star's like, "Well, I assumed you hated me, Nightcrawler, because you're, you're such Catholic. a hardcore Catholic." <laughs> And Nightcrawler's like, what? No, what? I could never hate you. Seriously, you thought these? Like, yeah, I thought that forever, that you just straight up hated me because yeah. of that. He's like, uh, I, I got a lot of demons going on in my life. The last thing I need to do is be judging other people for, for things real. they have no control over. Yeah, like, I don't know if you've met my mom and my dad, but I can't really, you know, judge anybody. Exactly. Um, somebody mentioned in the chat, and I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Abigail Brand and Hank McCoy. 
Oh, geez. oh, yeah, wow, I told that one slipped my mind. I, you know, Abigail Brand's a favorite here at Comic Pop. It's one of Tiffany's favorite Marvel characters. And oh, pink hair again. A green hair. Oh, that's right, she's got the thing. Yeah, yeah. I, was thinking of someone, I was thinking of Hand, not Brand. Ah, uh, yes, no, she was cool. Victoria Hand and her ex-Shield agent girlfriend who broke up with her when she talked back to Nick Fury. Uh, that was, yes, what a, what a, what a star-crossed lovers situation for them. But no, I, I always liked uh, the idea behind the Abigail Brand-Hank McCoy relationship, but it never really materialized in anything. It was just kind no. of like a her being like, I'm into furries, and him being like, I'm into anyone who wants to bang me. So yeah, so we're good. I hey, think it was more like, I'm into hardcore bitches. And... <laughs> Man, who isn't? And let me tell you, Abigail Brand is one hardcore bitch, especially Mm -hmm. in the... If you didn't read the Secret War Siege series, you are missing out. That was was basically all she did for four (laughs) issues. Just such a badass, really cool, really good book. Um, That that was like a whole miniseries where she was just like, come at me, Wasteland, come at me, bros. Yeah. Um, So, all right, we talked about Marvel for a while. I think we should switch gears, get into some DC waters. You know what, I, I would have to mention it eventually, so I guess I'll just bring it up now. My favorite comic book couple, and it should come as no surprise because it involves my favorite comic book character, and it's a relationship that sadly doesn't exist anymore at DC because of the way they've rejiggered everything, and that is Green Arrow and Black Canary. Yes, Ollie and Dinah's relationship is one that I think is necessary in the it DCU, is. and it's and something they don't they just, have anymore. They just don't... I don't know what it is, and I guess it's just like their mandate on no marriages and no long-term relationships. No one I mean, can be happy. Look at Ollie Queen. He's a huge character. He's got a huge show on the CW. We can't be tying him down to really <laughs> awesome characters. Well, and the show already messed up their relationship by creating a twin who didn't exist and then kind of moving them apart. And, well, hey, the show fans really like Felicity, so we'll bring Felicity into the... Co- oh, they don't like Felicity. What do we do? Scrap everything. <laughs> yeah. But put him in a relationship with Tarantula, I guess. Yeah. She's available. Well, well, we'll end that soon anyway, so who cares? Um, <laughs> I always liked... There's an image that I really liked, and it's rare because it was from Dark Knight Strikes Again. Um, where they show where there was an element where uh, if you're not familiar back during 9/11 the Dixie Chicks like took a stand on our whole uh, international policy and Frank Miller thought to put that element into his book and so he made the Dixie Chicks type characters into super into a, a girl band the super who, chicks the super chicks who dressed like superheroes and one of them dressed like Black Canary and when Bruce launches his war on the government through the concert the black canary chick teams up with ollie and there's just this image of uh green arrow firing an arrow and her like on his shoulders because she's like younger and littler than him and it's just this really cool i really liked that image of the two of them even though it wasn't really them it was somebody dressed like his girlfriend which is kind of gross uh, y- yet another uh, Green Arrow, Black Canary. They had a big wedding issue. They did. And every- they did. That was that was during the Judd Winnick era, which, as far as I'm concerned, is my favorite era. Yep. And there's a great image on the cover. It's Black Canary in a wedding dress, but it's a wedding dress that's cut like her costume. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and she has Ollie slung over her shoulder, and I'm like, yep, yep, that's that's that how it is goes. their relationship. Yep. yep. Um, that's that's who wears the pants in that relationship, yeah. or wears the fishnets, I guess. No. <laughs> But dumb Tish, thank you. I've been working on that one all night. Mike dropped. End of show. Yeah, uh, I, I have to go out on a high now because I ain't topping that. That's right. Yeah, what, I, 
what I loved about the relationship is that they really did complete one another as a thing, and they made up for what the other person didn't have, and she was the only one who could kind of bring Ollie back down to Earth. That's something that I think is indicative of a strong, real couple as opposed to a superficial couple um mm. both in real life and in, in in the panels where uh the you have these larger than life big personalities you've got really really strong characters or strong male characters and when they're paired with a with, with a romantic interest typically they're thinking like okay girlfriend or okay wife material mm. like put her in the fridge and then move on but there are other there are some characters who are who through the you know machinations of really really good writers go mm -hmm. no this person is designed you know to be their own character and they just happen to be in their book and and like a real couple too you know green arrow and black canary they fight and break up occasionally yes. and then come back together yeah they they challenge each other and don't compromise with and, and each other's too, like, like morals yeah, and, and with a dude like Green Arrow, like Black Canary has basically said, you know, I love you, Ollie, but you are a hard man to love a lot of the time. I can relate to that. <laughs> That's I, the thing, guys. For everyone in the chat, for all our younger fans, love is hard. Love's you hard. work at it yeah. and stuff. It's true. Sometimes it's a challenge. It's true. It's true. It's, it's like that bit in Rick and Morty where it's like, look, do you want to build a homeless shelter? <laughs> of course you do. But it's a lot of work. No one just says they want to do it. Yeah. It's work. Loving you is work, Jerry. Dude, talk about, talk about another really realistic take on marriage and relationships yeah. in the 20th century. Yeah. they. It's funny when they talk about their relationship where they're like, well, this marriage shouldn't be together, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, that, that hurts because, like... I've seen so many Jerry Beths in my life, and to we say, all have. and to say objectively, like, oh no, 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 though that's a that's a dysfunctional relationship that shouldn't exist. Like that is like, oh, you mean so many of my friends' parents or so many of my friends have mm -hmm. really dysfunctional relationships? Yes. And yet, there's moments when they bring it together, though, and you're like, ah, that's why. Yes, occasionally they will create gigantic evil or ridiculous constructs of their uh, yes. images of each other, and then they will team up and make something special and amazing. What a smart <laughs> science fiction episode. Or when they gotta kill a Cronenberg monster, somehow yes. they come together. When you remove Rick and Morty from the equation, Beth and Jerry work as a couple. Which, how sad is that? Only when they're gone do they work, that they're actually the source of all their problems. Yeah, it's not the, it's not Summer, it's not the girl who, it's not the first child who made, who, go, who got them together in the first place, it's the second child. N another, t you know, cutting line, but also really funny, where it's like, yep, that's my mother, the woman who had me way too early in life and makes it my fault every single <laughs> it makes time. Makes it my problem. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, just, ooh, ooh. Getting into yes, comics. Getting into comics again. Uh, what about Mera and Arthur? Oh God, yeah, that's another great relationship, and I really love what Jeff Johns did with it recently because he did something that isn't often done, where it's like, yes, we are a couple, and we are equals. Is the thing we yeah. are truly a couple of equals. I am, I am queen. You are king. Uh, you know, I'm not your sidekick. I'm your partner. That's right. Um, I really, I really like that that pairing, and I think that be. Are they still together at this point? Because I'm not. I'm not on board for Aquaman right now. Free, well, yeah, as no one should be. Bun was dealt a crappy hand and had to make it like the movie. They're going to be back together by the end of it. In fact, uh, Mara did a badass thing where it's just like, okay, so we're tearing down this stupid villain plan. You thought I was a damsel in distress. Yeah, I wasn't actually captured all along. Boom, boom, boom. I beat you up. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I, I always knew what was up. Because I was going to say, uh, when it comes to the Aquaman character, I feel like 
if anyone's safe to have a wife, I think it might mm-hmm. be Aquaman. I think I know, that, right? I think I don't think that DC is is quick to explore the dating habits of Arthur Curry. It's true. It's like you couldn't imagine him being with anyone else but Mira. But what great story potential! Look at Arthur on a date. Imagine I, when when Clark and uh, and uh, Wonder Woman break up, and imagine Wonder Woman and, and Aquaman on a date. Even though arguably they're way more compatible, being a king and an Amazon, and you know being from these you know very old timey societies. And like, exploring you know, that, by the way, like they both have their own realms slash kingdoms that they're in but charge. They kind of did in Flashpoint, didn't they? Oh, but they that did. Go that's well. right. Oh my but god. But that ended up turning into World War Three. But that ended so up yeah. <laughs> destroying the world. Um, another. Uh, oh, oh, also, I take it back. Uh, Arthur did date. For a little bit in the future's end time, he was dating like that jungle girl from the others. But even then, it was just kind of like, um, well, Mira's mad at me and you're here, so rebound. Wow. I remember he was with somebody, some like, some some woman with like white hair back in the 90s. I don't remember. Anyway, mm. but yeah, I, I, I like that couple. I like seeing like these two powerhouses together. We're talking about power couples. These are two characters that oh, can yeah. literally kick ass and take names. Not True. to say that like Ollie and Dinah weren't the same way, but you know. Um, in, in, the, in the same vein of DC characters that are like immeasurably tied to each other, I'd like to talk about Ralph and Sue Dibney. Yes, which, you know, Gail Simone is trying to put that back together now in Secret Six. She's she's prodding at it. Those are characters that, I mean, really, by all rights, should be together and should always be together. And they're and... an old couple, too, which you don't get much of. No, it's true. You don't get to see. It's basically heart-to-heart, where it's just two, yeah. two affluent folk who are just like, well, uh, after, after a rousing day of checking my stocks and ordering caviar, I suppose I'll solve this murder. <laughs> heart-to-heart for our young viewers out there. You know, check this out. They're the ones who would call everyone in the parlor and be like, well, after going over the evidence, I do believe we have deduced that <laughs> yes. the killer could only be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, just looking at, I mean, look at um, Professor Impossible from the Venture Brothers, and he yes. is a combination of Reed Richards and his arrogance, hubris, and genius, mm-hmm. and Ralph Dibney's design and pipe. Yes, he is. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, speaking of characters that are destined to be together and are kind of relevant nowadays, uh, Reed and Sue Richards, or I Reed mean, Richards any, and Susan Any discussion Storm. with power couples, we had to mention these two. They've probably been together longer than anyone else. They were created together as a husband and wife. I, I mean, jeez. Yeah, yeah. They, the, I say that when they're at their best, when they're written well, they complement each other. Uh, mm. they both satisfy a an aspect of each other that is completely absent from their own personalities. Uh, You know, Reed is all business and is all work and Sue is all family. And she's much more empathetic than Reed is. And he's much more analytical and seeing those two together, it, it, it somehow works. It's easy to objective, objectively look at their relationship, Sue and Reed and say, well, she's just stupid or she's not smart enough to realize that he doesn't really care about her. But when you explore them on a, on a, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in, in well-written books, Wade, uh, Hickman, yep. Um, yep. you'll see these these elements of how the characters work together and how they it's, come. It's, a, it's also another bring them back down to earth thing. Like you are their tether to humanity. Without them, you'd just be Mr. Crazy Science Man. Right, you would be the maker. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, without without the love of you know your family and without the love of Sue, yeah, you, you would be the maker. You would be the guy in the iron shell. And and the fact is, uh, I liked the exploration of Ultimate Reed and how after being dumped by Sue and it clearly never going to be, to work, he just goes totally crazy. Yeah, but it doesn't mean. See, the the thing that I hate is when like characters break up and then the female is doomed to never be with anyone again. It's, it's the, uh, it's a wonderful life type thing where it's like, oh, your, your wife, she became a librarian. She became a spinster. Isn't yeah. That terrible without it, you? That, that drove me crazy. And it's one of my only critiques of Ultimate Spider-Man. And it's after Pete breaks up with MJ the first yeah. time, the first major time. And she goes on a date with some dude from a band and he's totally cool and they're in the car and they, they're about to make out and she rebuffs him and he's like what is this about peter parker like what's so special about peter parker and she's like everything and while i appreciate that i think that's sweet you then explore that a little further and you're like so pete got to date right he got yep. to date kitty pride he mm -hmm. got to date gwen and then ultimately realized he was supposed to be with Mary Jane in the yeah. Ultimate Universe. But MJ doesn't get to play the field. But MJ doesn't get to find that out by herself. I appreciate that she knows what she wants without having to try it. It's like me in high school. Where I'm like, I don't need to do drugs to know I don't need to do them. Like, but at the same time, one should, at the age of like 16, date. Like, yeah, go like, out. This is the time for it, yeah. Yeah, like, I appreciate that you know what you want, but at the same time... You know, it, these aren't real people, and you could you could just write a story about them exploring other options and then ultimately coming back together. But having explored those options, that with MJ now, like she dated a firefighter for a bit. Now she's hanging out with Tony Stark. I don't think they're going to become a couple or anything. I hope now not. She's doing her own thing. <laughs> I really hope not. But I also no, don't. They won't. I don't think they're going to do that. T T Tony's seeing someone else at the moment. Yeah, exactly. So. He's seeing the genius that'll probably become a villain. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I mean, come on! But man, that's two love interests. That sounds like mm, I don't trust them. I don't mm. trust them. I mean, I was expecting. Uh, speaking of couples, uh, Bruce and uh, Julie from oh, Jules, the current yeah. book, uh, from the current Batman Snyder book. Uh, yeah, I kept thinking she was going to be Mister Bloom too because she has all those flower tattoos. She all does over have this. all those flower tattoos and like and floral wallpaper and uh, and I think. She still might be connected to Bloom in some way. Just not the way. Ooh, maybe, uh, maybe Bloom is her dad, the guy who sold the gun to Joe Chill. Yeah. Wouldn't or, that be a cool reveal? That'd be cool. I I mean, like, probably. <laughs> that's that's like, it was me, Bruce. It was me all along. Yeah. The guy who we established early on in the story. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that relationship is kind of interesting. Seeing Bruce Wayne legitimately date a person instead of like using them as subterfuge or, yeah. uh, or, or, you know, just being weak enough to submit mm -hmm. to your baser instincts, which is what Batman would do. Oh, I can't believe I'm sexually attracted to Catwoman. It, it compromises the mission. Like, yeah, really. you know, but I, I guess I'll have to like, you know, okay. This is cool to just see Bruce, like, actually being a human being for a few minutes. Yeah, and date a normal woman and do normal things. Like, she's brushing her teeth and he's showering and they're having a conversation like normal people would do. And they bring something interesting to each other. You know, like, he, you could tell that Bruce pre- or, or post-Endgame Batman mind uh, Dionysium 
he respects her and he he, yeah. he values her opinion. Although he, he likes the work that she does to make Gotham a better place without putting on a costume to go fight yeah. crime. Although we then throw that in the garbage because he's like Alf, like Alf. We spend a whole issue in Batman Forty Nine of Alfred just going, "Don't do it," and yeah. Batman being like, "I gotta do it." But at no point does he say, "I really should talk to the woman I was gonna spend the rest of my life with." Yeah, he's like, this. "Tell tell her when we're done. Tell tell her when this is over, Alfred." Yeah, because I definitely won't be able to do that. Like, come on, because that's gonna be an awkward conversation. I don't want to have an awkward. Yeah, I threw away the man you were in love with, and I also stopped being in love with you voluntarily like that's kind of that that sucks i mean it it's it's definitely bruce wayne and it's definitely yes. batman but at the same time it's, it's a little selfish and it's a little dicky in the back of my head that's kind of what batman i is. agree batman, why do you think all these sidekicks leave him at a point or are angry at him at a point i agree i i just want them to have, to have acknowledged it to acknowledge they that might. they were aware that happened i mean they have time they can do that anytime um Another character. Yeah, it's, it's funny, too, to compare Batman to Superman. Batman, much like Spider-Man, has had numerous loves over the years. It's never been solid, you know. Sometimes it's Vicky Vale. Sometimes, you know, it's like, for, you know, it's Catwoman. It's Tally Al Ghul. Talia. It's Silver St. Cloud. It's all these other characters. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, and the, the Batman love interests are kind of like Bond girls. Like, they'll be big for a bit, and then they'll fall by the wayside. Yep, and if they're not a supervillain... They will either die or they'll get too close, and then that'll be yeah. bad. Uh, or, 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 you know, if you're Batman the Animated Series and then later Kyle Higgins and Batman Beyond 2.0, sometimes it's Barbara and yeah. it's really gross and I really creepy. I don't like that. Don't do that. See, I like it because it is gross and creepy. And again, it shows, you know, Batman for being a little crazy too, like to be arm, uh, armchair Arkham psychologist where it's like, oh, you lost your parents at a young vulnerable age. And so you're always trying to recapture that uh, that youth and beauty, aren't you there, Bruce? Ah, right. Ah, ah. That's, you were eight you had time to date, you jackass. <laughs> but you didn't. Leave these poor girls alone. <laughs> um, another another power couple, and I, and I do mean power couple, that Faust will also be interested to talk about, is uh, Dick Grayson and Starfire. Okay, you see, I've always been more of a Dick and Barbara guy myself. That's another Even... thing that we could talk about, but... Uh, there's Because there's the great dueling ships on that one. Yes. Uh, I, Faust was actually bringing this up yesterday on the Weekly Poll, where he was, he was like... You know, they're not supposed to be together. They wrote a canon end to their relationship. And I think that's fair. Uh, I, I, you know, it was, it was always weird to me when I was picking up the, when I was picking up comics and I was going back and I'm like, Dick Grayson dated an alien? Yeah, he did. It's a little odd. It's a little odd and interesting to see, like, wouldn't it have been interesting to see Starfire, you know, inducted into the Bat family at some point? Because you know they would have had to do that. Imagine that we have a superpowered alien. We basically have a female Superman who can shoot energy from her hands on our team. Watch out, Arkham guy. Yeah, Batman's like, hello, new Robin. Welcome to the fold. Yeah, well, that'd be the, hey, Corey, you want to put on this uh, this red and yellow costume? <laughs> it actually might be more physically appropriate for your, you know, body type, now that I think about it. You got the little booties, you got the little trunks, you totally <laughs> yeah, could. Yeah, you get the little elf boots and everything, and she's like, this is not so different from my own costume. I know. 
right? Weird. I know, right? I'm also getting. I'm feeling really uncomfortable about this. Uh, I think this means it's good. It's working. This <laughs> is working. This is working out. This is good. Oh, dude, that's a parody comic they need to yeah. put now. Like Batman's tied to a chair over some acid by the Joker, and he's like, "Oh, your little bird boy isn't coming to save you now." Wall explodes Dude. and it's Starfire. Hello, Hi- hello, Clown Man, Flash. Just beats him up in one, and the villains are like, "This isn't fair anymore." Yeah, what the hell, Batman? What are, all, the heart wants all, what it wants, kids. Yeah, and just all crime in Gotham ends. Yeah, thanks to this hilariously sexually provocative naive alien broad. Yeah, this naive woman with the mind of a child. Yeah, um, another DC ca- uh, couple that I never really saw too much of, but has been always referenced as, like, the great loves of Iris and Barry Allen. Yeah, you know, like, that that was the thing. I think it's come back more to the forefront now because of the TV show. I know I never read a lot of old Flash books, or at least not Barry books. When I read no, it, was all it was Wally. all Wally when I was around, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess they were one of those couples. I always thought, like, Golden Age Iris was very much like a take on Lois Lane. Well, she works in the news, too. Oh, but she can't work in the paper, though. Um, She works for TV, I guess. Right. That's that's new and interesting. We'll do that. Like, all right. She she works for TV, and whenever, whenever shit's going down, she'll call Barry and be like, hey, maybe you should get over here. Whenever I see... Whenever I think about, well, about, uh, about Barry and, and Iris, I always think about, again, like an interview that Frank Miller gave about Dark Knight Strikes Again, in which he was like... I'm doing a book about superheroes. I want to talk about all the DC superheroes that I thought were cool. And we have to acknowledge their relationships, but I don't care about the marriage between the Flash and Iris. I want to see him run fast. That's all I care about. <laughs> and when it comes to the Flash, like, yeah, I don't care either. It's And, and there's never been... There, no, no one can point to me like, the greatest love story between Iris and Barry that I can... Like, this is the one. This is the, like their, you know their book like i don't know it's all right but you know it's fine i'm not you know it, it's it's worth acknowledging but i don't know if it's worth investigating yeah i know uh, i know by the end with johns when uh when he was doing yeah uh, rebirth you know w- 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 uh barry coming back again and you know he got to write iris a little bit more and i thought she had some cool depth to him and again uh, basically, Flash kickstarted Flashpoint and everything in an attempt to try and save her from dying. Yes, and that's cool. Um, but again, like that means that she's more of a trophy than a character. Uh, it, it's just you know, eh. um, a really another, another like quick flash in the pan for me. Big Bart and Mister Miracle. Oh yes, I love those guys. Cool couple. I don't. I mean, like they remind me more of like an old married couple than anybody else. Just like a like oh ho ho. Uh. Let's go and solve the problem. Like, I like seeing them together. I don't really know much more about them besides that. It's a real opposites attract kind of relationship Was is what I like about it. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, Scott Free, yes, that is his name. I love that. That's his name. What an amazing pun, you know, was traded to Apocalypse and, you know, he learned to be a great escape artist <laughs> trying to escape, you know, Granny Goodness's torture rooms. Yep. And Barda was the favored female fury, but, you know, they found a very, like, Romeo and Juliet sort of love and then they escaped together and now they continue to make trouble for Darkseid and everything. That was always nice. That's a cool element. I like that. I, I like that uh, that approach. You don't really see too much of it and it's that's and, a cool idea. And, and you really never see them apart is the other thing, too. Like, Ralph and Sue Dibney, they're almost always 
always a couple and never apart, and, and you can't see one without thinking about the other. And I'm glad that they're not messing around with that. Like, don't mid- let's see Big Barda go on a date. Like, come on. Like, we don't need like you have enough characters that are single or you're forcing to be single where you could see you could see other permutations of that. You don't need to force that. There was also a funny uh, tangent universe or like alternate universe where it was Miss Miracle and Big Bard when they were the gender inverse. Was that during like the Batman Superman book with Jeff Loeb? I think it was. <sighs> yep, I do remember that. And the relationship is exactly the same, just their genders are flat. <laughs> yes, they literally are the exact same character uh, as, as they were before. Um, so, okay, getting back to the Marvel world. Uh, mm. Actually, you know what? Let's take a break from Marvel. Uh, Wanda and Al Simmons. Oh, yes, Spawn, bringing in the Spawn love. Wanda is an interesting character because she is... Named after McFarlane's own wife. Everyone in Spawn is named after somebody that McFarlane knows. Which is why McFarlane got sued more than a couple times. More than a couple times. And ruined his friendship with Terry Fitzgerald. Uh, It's true, which is kind of sad. It's really sad. Uh, So... Wanda is, you know, the 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 trophy. She's the thing. She's the the idea that that is Al Simmons' downfall. He's like, let me see my wife again, and I will give you my soul, and I'll give you my my eternal, you know. That that's a pretty romantic gesture out there, ladies. I will literally sell my soul. Yep, to see to be you with you again. again. Yeah, and that's really cool. Um, but over the period of the of, of the book, they were like, let's not just make it about, like, Spawn being in love with her or thinking he's in love with her and that's it. Like, let's explore Wanda as a character. I mean, when Spawn yeah. returns, she's married to his best friend and True. while she misses him, you know, you get she's the... She's moved on. She's got a good life. She's got a good life. She's got a kid, Cyan, a named kid, after McFarlane's daughter. A kid that Al couldn't give her. Yep, that Al couldn't give her. And I prefer the old, the old like, uh, continuity in which Spawn simply just couldn't make kids and that's it. Um, in the new, or in, in the retconned history... Uh, they could have kids, she was pregnant, and then Al punched her in the stomach and killed the baby. Oh, Jesus Christ, why did they do that? <laughs> because they wanted to make Al an asshole. Like, and, oh, but they were more like, of a monster than you thought. But they were like, uh, this is why Al went to hell. Wasn't all the killings for his country. Yeah, it wasn't all those, you know, friggin' mercenary killings with uh, with Temple, or no, the dude from Youngblood, what was his name? Uh, Grifter? No, 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 the dude. Oh, the dude. oh, you're uh, thinking of uh, ch- uh, Chapel. chapel. <laughs> I call it Temple. Yeah, you know Temple. That it's close enough. Chapel. I loved the idea behind, like, oh, we'll just, okay, how about we uh, take all of our original characters that we own, and then we'll cross them over, and that way when we leave, we'll fuck you. <laughs> because after Liefeld took his toys and left... They had to come up with a new character that killed Spawn, and so they created Priest. It was slightly different from Chapel, and a girl. Get it? A priest goes to a chapel. A chapel Get is it? a temple. And, like, the the whole belief that Chapel killed Spawn? No, 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 no. Those were implanted memories by the devil. Of come course. On. But getting back the, the to... The devil apparently subscribing to the same Weapon X school of thought. Yes! <laughs> memories. But getting back to the actual relationship, I, I always liked... 
the idea behind Wanda and Al. Like, they can never be together, but that's all he wants. Uh, and I loved the exploration of that in the Spawn animated series. If you yes, ever watched that show, three seasons and ended on a horrible cliffhanger that was never resolved. Yeah, one good season, and even then, like they reused animation, yeah, and it was real cheap. They edited like a music video. Yeah, it was that was weird. As a kid, it was on HBO, and you, you're like, "Holy crap! They're cursing! They're showing boobs! It's amazing!" And blood and guts. Oh yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, just in spite of themselves, they made a pretty decent show. And the episode where they kind of like retconned in Billy Kincaid and made him like a, mm-hmm. like and and made him the senator's son or whatever, and they brought that all to a head. Nothing brought my like twelve to thirteen year old like emotional sensibilities to 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 the to the forefront more than oh, when the ring. than when Al left the ring for her oh, and Cyan picks it up, brings it to her, and he's like, "Where'd you get this?" She's like, "The sad, the sad man." Oh, now of course you watch it, you're like, "Wow, Cyan is just Phil and Lil from Rugrats." Oh, I know yeah, the and Keel and and Keith David, amazing as Spawn. Yeah, he is. And Goliath. And Goliath. Uh, and, you know, just so many great uh, voice work for it. But but anyway, the point being, like, Wanda and Al, I always like to think of it as, like, just these two people who just can't be together again. But that's all yeah. Al wants. And that, that's, that was a cool... That was, for me, like, that was my first Romeo and Juliet. That was my first, she, like, look at these people who can't be together. It's like she works because she's the humanizing thing for Spawn again, where it's like, again, to quote Keith David in his amazing yelling monologue, I came back for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, Wanda. Jeez. Yeah, there's a lot of Wanda in that show. <laughs> Man, that must have really frustrated the crap out of Todd's wife, who just oh, like, literally hears her name being screamed by tormented souls. It's amazing. All the time in every version, she's probably like, you know, that was really nice of you, Todd, when you did this. Yeah, I appreciate the gesture, but what the hell? (laughs) Um, Getting into Marvel again from uh, DC, transitioning through, uh, you know, whatever, through (laughs) through the indie crowd a little bit. Uh, Let's talk about Scott Summers and the women in his life. (laughs) Yeah, really. Honestly, I think they're both too good for Scott. Oh, (laughs) any yes, easily. Uh, Jean Grey, that's one of those things where you're like, as a kid, you take it for for granted. You're like, they're never going to break up. They're always going to be together. Even when, when they were first created, Jean was in a love triangle with Scott and Warren Worthington III, a.k.a. the Angel. Like, Angel and Scott both, and in fact, even Professor X, to a certain certain creepy degree, were all interested in Jean because she was the girl on the team. Uh, but later they created a character out of her and she was interesting, but never as interesting as she was when she died. Yeah. I feel like that's not really telling tales out of school, but it's also kind of sad. And like, technically she's still dead now, but there's a younger time traveling version of her running around who is for all intents and purposes, new gene. I gotta tell you, like, I, I, I gotta give it to Marvel for like having the balls to not resurrect her again. I appreciate, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, she's a young clone. It's not the same Jean Grey. The Jean Grey that died is dead still. Uh, but I also like the dichotomy between, like, so Jean's really dead, but a young Jean is here. And Wolverine's still dead, but an old Wolverine is still here. Yeah, and you got, yeah, like, just these nice two stuff. opposite ends of the spectrum. That's kind of fun. Um, and the fact that that young Jean wants nothing to do with young Cyclops and that they're totally from uh, on different teams now. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh 
and of course, Jean and the relation, the the love triangle for Jean Grey never really went away. Where it's like Angel and Scott, and then Angel's like, nah, fuck it, and he leaves. But then Logan takes the place of Angel, and the great romance between the three of them, uh, at least as far as you know, their in, their interests in her and her yeah. passing interest in Wolverine, which was always fun. I I remember reading a what if book. Uh, which was like, what if the Phoenix Force hadn't died or something like that, mm-hmm. in which the Phoenix falls in love with Wolverine or something, <laughs> or she chooses Wolverine anyway, and was like, you know, tell Cyclops to fuck off, and, uh, you know, when they're dealing with the Dark Phoenix and she's going to destroy his, like all of reality and crap, Scott kind of talks her down, in the what if book because she's with Wolverine he's got to like try to talk her down but he's yeah. just he just doesn't have a he doesn't have that cyclops you know belief and 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 selflessness or whatever or that tether to like love that she has with Scott and so it fails and she destroys everything yeah. it's kind of weird and interesting but i always liked seeing that 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 love triangle i mean the the, the, ch- the chat's mentioning what if avengers versus x men written by Palmiotti where in the end uh jean grey and wolverine are the last two people on earth yeah and they become like new Adam and Eve. <laughs> <laughs> what a Jimmy weird Bobby decision. He was having fun with that one. Yes, he was. He's like, okay, what if? I know how to do this. Um, I can if, do whatever I want, right? In this what if, I can I can just do whatever. Pretty much doesn't matter. It's five bucks. <laughs> um, I always loved the voice actor for Wolverine from the X Men animated series and the love between him and Jean. That was fun. I never really got his relation, his interest in her. No. Like, besides the fact that later Paul Jenkins would retcon that, like, the first woman he fell in love with and also murdered was Had also red redheaded. Like, so? <laughs> There's lots of redheaded women out there. Especially in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. It's just kind of weird. Can't swing a dead cat without hitting one. Yeah, it's a little weird. Uh, I, get, I, I always interpreted it as... Jean had a calming effect on Logan, and it, like guess. she re- she kind of represented once again that she's a trophy. Like she represented like yeah. the the buttoned down, like chilled out lifestyle that he kind of craves. They do that a lot in the movie too, where it's kind of like you can't have this, you can't have this. Yeah, and Wolverine's like, well, of course I want the thing I can't have. Oh yeah. <sighs> um, and of course, the more interesting relationship of Emma Frost and Scott Summers. Yeah, I always liked the Fraction San Francisco years when they were together and they were kind of being like a little bit more duplicitous, a little bit like, hey, 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 this ain't this ain't your granddad Professor X's mutant revolution is what this is. We're doing it our way. Now. That's right. I really liked that exploration. I really liked that idea. It was a cool it was a cool concept and one that I never expected to to last as long as it did or be as engaging and interesting. Mm. Um the, and I guess uh, te- technically they're still together, Emma and Are Scott. they? I mean, technically they're on the same team. They are on the same team, out. but I know that like every every chance they get, they like there's always some reference to like Emma being like, "We're not together," you know. I think that's the thing. She keeps saying they're not together, but it's like if you're not together, then why did you stay? Right, right. That's true. If you're not holding out to some hope of getting back together. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, look, these are our stories. You know what I mean? Like, we're just like, oh, why won't you just be together? You're right. There's to- These are totally the soap operas. These are the super days of our lives. Oh, my God. X-Men the Animated Series was literally 
Days of Our Lives Junior. Like that was a yeah. show where my like I'd be watching the show and be like, oh god, why won't they be together? Like poor poor Rogue and Gambit. My dad's coming here like, for Christ's sake, somebody punch somebody. What somebody is happening? Knows. Whole episode just wasted of them crying. And I'm like, this is real shit, Dad. You shut up for their unrequited love. <laughs> they can't be together. They she can't touch him. Um. <laughs> so like, all right, Rogue and Gambit. This is a couple that, once again, talk about power couples. This is like, this is like, if you needed to have a couple that represented 1991 Ooh, to 1996, yes. like, that's it. It's You have a fun accent. She has a fun accent. Why would you just be together? Yeah, why would you just be together? Ah, oh, like, she loves you, Remy. Why are you being so stupid? I, I, I like they tease that even now in uh, in the newest episode, or episode, newest issue of Uncanny Avengers. They tease that relationship yet again. Yep, and then they're like, no, it's not happening. We know how bad Giant you want it. Giant fake out. Yep. Um, Apropos that, Age of Apocalypse and Rogue and Magneto being together. Uh, weird, weird, never got it, and don't like it. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I'm not crazy about it either. And what, so like he uses his magnet powers to keep her from, like there's like a layer around her so they could touch, whatever. <laughs> That's like kids making up like uh, rules in schoolyard fights. Like, no, you, you can't hit me because I have a magnetic layer. Oh, no, that me. is Magneto. That's Chris Claremont's Magneto to a T. He has like psychic blocks and he can like shoot energy. And, like, come on. Like, he can, he has a little bit of a latent psychic ability. Like, come on. Magnets can basically do whatever you want them to. Because yep, they, because who understands them? Magnets. Magnets. How do they How work? Do they work. <laughs> Thanks, ICP. Um, here's a thing from Marvel that I was like, sh that that's that I didn't give a crap about until I finally saw it a little bit in Age of Ultron, and it's Wanda Maximoff and the Vision. Mm, yeah, yeah. I don't care about them together. I never really like appreciated it or saw it in any like significant way, but. Damn it! If I wasn't kind of excited when I saw that shot of Vision lifting her it's up, nice. like, it's nice. It's a nice shot. Cool. I, I, it's it's a fun idea. Where it's like, how is this you know magical mutant and this robot gonna make it work? Yeah, how are they gonna work it? I don't know. Uh, but it was interesting and cool. I really dug that. I I, I never the, the my image of them is them already having been broken up from yeah. from uh, onslaught. When mm. uh, Vision is like, I will use my Vision to, uh, you know, in corporeal powers to penetrate Onslaught Shield. And he just bounces into it. And you're like, oh, that was hilarious. But then, like, he lands and he's all, like, busted up and he's half ripped. And Wanda, like, runs to him and holds and he just goes, like, and he's, like, click, he's glitching out. And he's like, Wanda, hold me together. Hold, click, me. And you're like stupid <laughs> yeah the, the, the chat had a good one there while we were talking x-men uh mystique and magneto another yeah, relationship that's one that i never really saw together until uh the movies the, mo the movies and uh, x-men evolution yes too which takes on a bit from the movies it's as well. true it's true well i mean like I, just I, from I magneto's like voice <laughs> Yeah, I, I like this idea that those two have been alive for so long, and like it's like they, they got issues, they got they got baggage. Is the yeah, thing those two? It's true. Um, any uh, any other characters coming to jump it out at you for you? I still have a ridiculous list, but yeah, yeah me, me too. But just one line uh, again because you oh, mentioned yeah. movies. The the bit uh, in three, which is a terrible movie, but it's the one great line oh, that God. Eva Ellen delivers. It's when she has her powers taken away. It's like, oh, she was so beautiful once. Yeah. 
and then disappears. And then I guess they kind of keep running with it even in uh, First Class. Yep. When she's like in his bed and keeps changing shape, he's like, no, the real you. I want the real blue you. <laughs> the real blue. I love you with your freaky blueness. Yes, unless I'm like feeling particularly freaky and then you can become mm. Charles. Um, yeah, yeah, be Charles, because let's face it, that's, that's really all my issue right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we could wrap things up. I could probably bury this whole Brotherhood of Evil, Evil Mutants thing if I could just get it out of my system. <laughs> yeah, really? And then, and then we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Charles, I feel fit as a fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, well, man, you know, you're really happy. What happened? Oh, nothing. I just worked out a bunch of my issues. Yeah. Oh, that, I'm glad to hear. Oh, what? Merrick, what have you done? <laughs> And then Mystique's like, you know, I'm a lot older than you, right, in most continuities, and I have a lot of issues that I need to work through. Yeah, and me turning into chicks you want to have sex with does not help me solve them. Not help it. Hey, did I ever tell you about my relationship with Satan? Right? Yeah. No, we did not talk about that. The, and... that's, the thing, that's the thing, too, guys. Not all great power couples, you know, are based in healthy relationships. I mean, of course, perhaps one of the most famous toxic relationships, Harley Quinn and the Joker. Yes. The, I don't even consider that a relationship. <laughs> you, know, you, you really can't. And it's funny, as, you know, as Suicide Squad gets closer and people are getting more and more interested in the character, I've seen a lot of posts being like, oh, my favorite comic book couple, Harley and the Joker. Oh, I wish I could find someone who loved me like the Joker loves Harley. I'm like, you know that's a toxic, abusive relationship, right? Like, yeah. That's the poster for bad relationships. He doesn't love you. Like, yeah. he is a narcissist who loves only himself. He doesn't have mm -hmm. any interest in you. Um, and, uh, like, I wish I could say I've never seen that in real life. Mm. And, like, <laughs> you have a touch of Florence Nightingale syndrome and a touch of Stockholm syndrome and just, yep. like, a bit of everything. Yep. And uh, the, the animated series did such a brilliant exposition for that and they, the, yes, and they where did. they just really went further down the rabbit hole where mm. like they really explored because there'd be occasional episodes where joker and harley would be working together and then there'd be some episodes where joker was alone yeah. and you and they never addressed like where she was or why that was but occasionally they would address episodes where she was with ivy or yeah. or where you know i'm thinking specifically of the episode of Mad Love slash book yeah. of Mad Love where Joker's trying to perfect his brilliant scheme against Batman and he just notices that things are um that that, that his lair is untidy. Yeah, and, and he can't find his socks. And yes, this place has gone from to blinking blue blazes. Has anybody seen my socks? That is for me like the definition of his relationship with Harley, where he's like, yeah. I need something done. Where's Harley anyway? <laughs> like, it's, it's like, it's like I don't have to tell you, Harley. Harley just does these things. Yeah, and there are... So, I, I can imagine him literally going on, like, several adventures and then later realizing... Hey, she's not here anymore. That Harley that. isn't even there. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll call her. And that's, like, literally the definition of an abusive booty caller. Like, oh, totally. Like, there's the bit where she was hanging out with uh, Ivy and Harley and Ivy, and she's on the phone with him. And Ivy's giving her the look that I'm sure many girlfriends give, like, mm, don't you do, don't you believe him, don't yep. you? And he's just saying all the right things. Yep. And it's like, oh, God, she's falling for it again. Ugh, it's disgusting. Because it's exactly. so sad. Because it's so real. <laughs> it's very real, and that's what makes Harley such a tragic character, where it's like, and she'll fall for it every time, won't she? Yep. And the cycle will just keep continuing. Maybe next time he'll hit her, maybe next time he'll try and kill her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's only going to end in her death, which is, like, the saddest thing ever. 
Which I guess to give props to the newest Jimmy Palmiotti run, you know, she's like realized that now and is actively trying to build a life outside of the Joker's shadow and away yeah. from him. It's interesting because DC's kind of always been pushing that. Like when they first brought her into the comics, they were like, our Joker would never have a Harley. Like even in any weird like world, like never. Like I liked the, I, I would have liked to have seen them apply kind of like the new uh, Mr. Freeze origin to Harley mm. you know, and, and Joker where there's no connection. Like they've never been together or they've never huh. worked together or known each other. It's just that Interesting. she has created like this continuity in her head of like, she worked with the Joker and she was his minion and everyone's like, yeah, sure. That makes sense. You're a clown chick. Like that... a real, like a real crazy fangirl, like a stalkerish fangirl. Yeah. And Joker being like, if I like, and basically them saying like, don't ever, don't ever see Harley and Joker together. Cause if you ever do, he will kill her. Like, because he has no patience or interest in that. Like, Joker does not want a posse. <laughs> and yet he keeps getting one. Because yeah. friggin' Joker's daughter and the Joker's gang that's in, uh, uh, what is it, We Are Robin, which I've stopped reading. Yeah, oh, no, it's, it's awful. Uh, but, yeah, like, I would like to have seen them explore that. I mean, the Joker's daughter also. I, I'm like, why hasn't Joker killed this person? Apparently, he's been egging her on, apparently. That's really weird. Like, all right. I mean, my Joker would just be like, no. <laughs> my Joker is from uh, Long Halloween, who's like, who's this guy who's kill who's taking uh, attention away from me? Like, don't, like, no. My brand doesn't have, yeah. like franchises here. Yeah, I will sue you for <laughs> copyright infringement. I am an original. I am one of a kind. Yeah, like the only time I ever want to see the Joker franchising out is on Fish. That's the only time or, it works. Or, or far in the Batman Beyond future when they're the Jokers with a Z gang. Well, and he also has nothing to do with that. That's people like, like carrying on his legacy. And then him being like, I need some I need some random people to work and, with me. And what I love about the Jokers gang too is that they make no, like they mince no words about it that these are are dumb kids who never lived through the original Joker, so they yeah. don't really know the. It's like kids who like worship Al Capone or Hitler or something. Yeah, like the like, Hitlers. You know, you, yeah, the Hitlers. It's like you weren't there. You don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, and history would be just as unkind slash extensive about the Joker and his influence on the world as they do with Capone, Hitler, any other like terrible person. But, but then so, again, to bring it back to romance, how much do they like always launch and bring up the Sid Vicious Nancy Spungen relationship? And what are Joker and Harley, if not the Sid and Nancy of comics? That's true. And and there's, there's something to be said for like this, you know, solitary monster and, and this beautiful woman, on his mm. arm and just the just the imagery itself is oh, kind of yeah. like that's a powerful image i don't know if it works narratively but an alex ross painting i'll buy oh, it God, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh that's an oh the one where he's where they're all in a suit and everything and she's hanging off his arm beautiful beautiful image, painting something i would never see but like in in the comics but it's really cool people um, have gotten tattoos of that image it's oh i know it's, it's powerful uh so all right I guess we've been going for over an hour. We could go. And we've, we've, we've waited long enough. I think there's one couple that everyone wants us to talk about. And I know we saved it till the end. Oh, okay. Let's, let's do it. What do you, what do you got? Uh, Superman Lois. Superman Lois. Uh, the, the progenitor, the gold standard, as far as I'm concerned for comic book relationships, they've been together for 75 years. That's right. And only after the new 52 have we never explored them together. 
I know, right? How weird is that, that they've broken them up and kept them broken? And yet, you know, in to the credit of Lois as a character, she stayed active in those stories. Oh, yeah, no, she's a character in the Superman stories. She works as a character all on her own. She it's, doesn't need her relationship with Superman to define her as a character, which I appreciate. It's kind of cool. I like that they were like, no, let's test her metal. Let's see if she is strong enough to not be Superman's girlfriend. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, there's... There's many different interpretations of their relationship. The one I like the least is from All-Star Superman. Oh, really? You don't like that one? I love that book, but her being like, why me? And him saying, there's got to be something I can't help. I hate that. <laughs> because it's like, I have to have one weakness, and it's you. That's pretty fucked up. <laughs> Like, I and like I appreciate, that. like, the gesture of, like, oh, like, you're my weakness, you're the chink in my armor, but, like, that's not what he's saying. Uh, again, it should be that thing where it's, like, Lois, I think, works best when it's, like, you're, you're my tether to humanity. Yeah. But more than that, you know, you, you see me the way as I always want to be seen, as Clark Kent, as a person, not as this super demigod. Yeah, I, I like the idea of <clears throat> the only way that Superman can be in a relationship is with somebody who reconciles the Clark-Superman personas. And, and then you're so non no nonsense, and I like that. And she has no patience for his bullshit. She has no patience mm -hmm. for Cl like she appreciates who Clark is and and loves him for that. And like she, you know, if if they didn't explore the whole like she knew a secret identity, you'd see like them actually her fall in love with him all by herself, like all without oh, Superman at all. And it's like, you fight for justice, you know, with a pen, <laughs> I fight for, just, for justice with my cape and everything. You know, you're kind of a hero in your own right. And they both have a mutual respect for what each other does, and they both, mm -hmm. like, they both fight for truth, justice, in the American way, just in different ways. That's, that's a great exploration. Um, the Superman-Wonder Woman relationship is just, hey, what if the two largest Most powerful people. icons from our publishing house banged? And you know what? Whenever that happens, whenever they do the Superman-Wonder uh, Woman relationship, I always end up feeling like Lex Luthor, where I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm, can't... <laughs> what would their children be? They would enslave us all. Yeah, and Frank Miller's like, that's right. See? <laughs> <laughs> Frank Miller makes that the backbone. <laughs> yeah, the backbone of his friggin' new trilogy book. Uh, that said, like, they've done some interesting things with that, with that book. You can... When you when when DC says this is how it is, you have to do it now. When you're forced into a place where, well, we, if we want to see Superman romantic, we have to explore it with this character. Great stuff is bound to come out. Like <laughs> some great oh, yeah. ideas are bound to happen. Uh, but is it a great idea all on its own? You need look no further than the Man of Steel reboot after Crisis when they explored that back then, and how it just doesn't work. Heck, I, I was always much more of a fan of the Wonder Woman-Batman relationship put forward in the Justice League cartoon. I thought that one made way more sense, where she's like, oh, I respect you, Batman, as a warrior. Yeah. And everything. You know, you, you, have a, you have an Amazon spirit in you. It's fun. I, I liked to see that, but at the same time, I'm also like, there's no way that can work. No, it wouldn't. Even Batman knew that. He was like, look, I'm a spoiled rich kid with, you know, mommy and daddy issues, and you're the queen of an entire race of warrior women. What would we even talk about when we're not at work? Right, exactly. And, I mean, like, the the, the answer to that, by the way, is the work never stops. And Batman's yeah. like, right on! <laughs> 
Which uh, I guess too, you could have a thing where it's like Diana. Even when I go home, I'm still Wonder Woman, and even when you go home, you're I'm, still I'm, Batman. I'm always Batman. I mean, like that's but, cool. But with Superman, like Superman can actually unwind occasionally and put the glasses on, and be like, okay, I'm Clark Kent now. Yeah, and of course, but I liked the exploration of their relationship, uh, Wonder Woman and Superman, in Kingdom Come, where she's like, mm-hmm. where in the beginning she's like Clark is a weakness, and then at the end she's like, you need him, like you need Clark Kent. I love that image of her giving him her gla- his glasses. Yeah. And he's like, what's this? And it's like, something to help you see clearly. And I love yeah, that. The, nice. Like, you, you need to be connected to these people. Uh, uh, also, just to rattle off some quick ones there that the chat was mentioning, uh, Black Bolt and Medusa, definitely a newer power couple that have taken the reins. Even though they're technically not together now, they're kind of fighting. Yeah. They're together, and they have a kid, which is interesting. Interesting, to I mean, like, I always equated them to be kind of like Mera and Arthur, where it's... I feel the same way. Two, like, uh, uh, two monarchs, you know, who have... A, a, a kingdom, a, a people, mm-hmm. leadership, and also juggling their romance. I think that's interesting, and it's a cool. Uh, also, two talking couples with kids and another toxic relationship. Uh, Roy Harper and Cheshire. Oh my God! Yeah, dude, it's like it's it's like I imagine Batman's like, look, look, kid, we all love the femme fatale, but you don't knock up the femme fatale. No, that's right. <laughs> and to where he ends up becoming a single dad because she's off doing assassin stuff and being in jail, and he's got to raise a kid. Yeah. Yeah, um, Betty uh, and Bruce from the Hulk. Oh yeah, yeah. Do, another, which sadly we don't get in the movies, which is unfortunate. That we got kinda... that. We got it in that one movie, and that's it. And we're gonna see, I'm sure, the seething resentment in General Thunderbolt Ross in Civil War. Oh, that he still hasn't gotten it. That's the ultimate, like, you're not good enough for my daughter, but time's a million. Yeah, well, he's just like, now, imagine the angry dad who hates his daughter's boyfriend, and the boyfriend skipped town, but his friends are all coming over to hang out. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I like that. It's like, well, now I can ruin you the way I wish I could ruin Bruce. Yeah, well, he's not here, but I can hurt him by ruining all of you. That's that's good. I hope that, I hope they bring that up. Thank you. I hope I, so, too. I'm uh, sure they will. This is Marvel. They do stuff that's like true. that. That's the, uh, true. The, the only time that that relationship, Bruce and, and Betty, have, have worked for me, when Peter David's writing The Hulk. The, yeah. You, that's... Mm-hmm there's a, an amazing enough said issue where they they explore that and it's it's just gorgeous look it up hulk enough said uh, uh, also to hawkman hawkwoman i mean come on we've loved each other since egyptian times we will always find our way back to each other we are reincarnated i've never seen those two together in comics where i was like oh like this is a this isn't a relationship. No, it's just like we're totemic connections. Like yeah, the idea is cool, and even now they've completely broken them up because there's only Hawkman who might be dead, might be alive. I don't know. They killed him off and brought him back like three separate times in like two months. And Hawk Girl is awesome, but she's over in Earth too, being awesome with no Hawkman around. Right. Uh, it's funny whenever they put Hawkman and Hawk Girl together, they're like, well, they can't be on the same team because we can't have redundancies. We can't have one. We can't have two Hawk they have, people. They have the same powers, which is why. Hey, spoiler alert! On Legends of Tomorrow, they killed off Hawkman right away. Yeah, well, we got two Hawk people. We don't have. We don't need to spend money for two flyers. And we can't. And we can't kill off. Uh, what is it? The woman? Because this team will be a sausage fest. That's so. right. No, we gotta. We, we we need to keep up the diversity here, guys. Um, uh, what about uh, what about Renee Montoya and oh, Kathy and Kane? Batwoman? Yeah. Yeah. Another really fun relationship, and yet another relationship that was doomed to fail because both had way too many issues. And again, like, we can't see them together, otherwise, like, we gotta keep them young and hip. Like, what? (laughs) 
But we did get uh, Kane and Maggie Sawyer for a bit where I'm like, hi, hey, no, I never even would have thought of this, but okay. Yeah. Uh, who's to get, like, if, are you reading DC, DC Bombshells? Do you know who it is in that I, book? I, re- I read the first two arcs that I think I uh, had to stop because my work pile got to be, but I loved what they did in the first arc. So with them. great. That book is so amazing. It's like, hey, look, you can't be together in the main continuity, Maggie Sawyer and uh, Kathy Kane, but guess what? Here in the 50s when that was even less acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> together. I love that they were like, no, we're going to do that. Let's do it. Um, that was Mark Reed Bennett being like, hey, my book, Out of Continuity. And also proof, too, that the digital office that's handled in L.A. is the cool office. It is the cool office. They're like, the, hey, let's get some real talent down in here. That book, is that Marguerite Sauvage who drew the first art? Beautiful. Amazing art. Such a cool book. I, re- I really, really need to catch up on that one. Uh, where's some other ones people were saying there? Um, oh, uh, John Stewart and Hot Girl yet again from Justice League and a relationship. Best they made relationship in the show. Yeah, it was. Best it was relationship the of the show. Of an episode. Um, Alicia Masters and Benjamin J. Grimm. Oh, that's a fun one, That's too. cute. I it can't is. see, but I love you. Fine. <laughs> that, 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 that whole thing makes me go, aw, every it's, time. It's, that's right. It's very cute. It's a very sweet relationship. Not much else to say. Um, what about Barbara and Dick? We didn't really get, to, get a chance to talk about them. Barbara and Dick. I, I am always. I have always been pro the Barbara and Dick relationship. Me too. Even if it, even if it is a little weird. Even if like in most stores, they're like, you know what? That was puppy love. We loved each other once, but we grew up and became adults. It, is it, the thing for me that always feels like a little bit of denial. Like yeah. that always feels like you're being a little like, who are you trying to convince, Barb? Like you don't <laughs> love each other. Come on. Yeah, we we know well, better. Well, Dick does it too, and I, I've always ascribed to the idea, and I think Gail Simone does too in that Convergent story, where she's like, but they'll get together eventually, though. Yeah, I hope so. But oh, yeah, Convergence, will, that's fate, right. Yeah, fate will bring them back together yes. at some point. In the face of the end of the world, when the chips are down, we all know what we want. Um, I like the uh, Jessica Jones-Luke Cage relationship. Oh, that's another really good one. Because uh, it feels real, and it feels like, you know, broken, and like, th- this isn't a pretty relationship to start off, but we get there. Feels real, and it's two characters that refuse to compromise, at least until they're on the new Avengers, and then it's all compromise for Jessica Jones. <laughs> but refuse to compromise i'm like here's what i want and if you want the same thing then we're gonna work but if not listen like get the hell out of here and that works out great and that show uh uh, jessica jones so great yes it is i just wanted to see more of it we're gonna get friggin daredevil season two before we know and we've already seen some pictures from luke cage i know i know luke cage is on daredevil i hope that we see some some jessica jones we need that that's going to be good. Oh, uh, the chat was right, too. Uh, Midnight or an Apollo, there's another yeah. relationship. Because it's basically just Superman and Batman. Right, and that's kind of fun. Uh, I know that Faust hates it, but I wonder, I I know, wonder I know why. He does. I'd like to know why. I, we should get him on there. I, 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 I'm sure he's talked about it in length before. I, I actually quite enjoy the Midnighter book, and I'm sad that it might be canceled, but excited that there's talks that it might be rebranded and come back as Midnighter and Apollo. Yes, that's a fun idea. To have them be together. Ooh, another good one from the chat there. Uh, Hawkeye and Hawkeye as platonic partners in crime. I'm like, yeah, you know what? They are basically a couple, but it's totally platonic and it's not creepy. I what like was... that that their relationship is not based around sex. That's kind of cool. What was the book that was like? That's who who really gave Clint a hard time. She's like, how old is she? You're gross. And, and Kate's like, I, shut the fuck up. I, I think it was like Black Widow or someone in the. Uh, in the near, near the middle of the fraction run, where like a bunch of uh, Clint's girlfriends show up and give him shit. Yeah, and, sh- and Kate's like, "How about I just 
take care of it myself, you bunch of idiots. And you know, even even in the newest issue when he goes to talk to his brother when everything's falling apart, and uh, uh, Barney, his brother, basically says, well, you know, it's wrong, right? You're minutes away from screwing up the only good relationship you've ever had yeah. with a woman in your entire life. Because it's not based around sex, it's actually based on something else. So, right. you know, don't, don't screw this up. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, really quick shout out to Stephanie Brown and Tim Drake. Yeah, Aww. yeah, you know, I, I didn't read near as much of that, but I know a lot of people really like that. I think I. it's cool. I think it's cool when he stopped being Robin, she started being Robin, or she's like, well, you know, hey, we're, we're a couple, we're together, so I'll pick up your slack, and yeah. I'll be Robin now. Uh, I liked, I, I remember Tim Drake's relationship back when he was with Ariana. Oh. The, the Russian girl from, like, the KG Beast's, like, assassination. <laughs> like, that was my relationship with for Tim, and I, I never liked it, so I was happy to see it actually work with somebody interesting. Um, Ooh, Black Panther and Storm, there's another one. Didn't Black last Panther. long. But... Didn't last long? Annulled, based on a uh, invasion uh. tactic. Uh, <clears throat> it's too bad they can't explore it in the movies. I know, right? I know. It might be the only time that Storm might be cool in a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we should also talk really quick. The I got two left. Uh, I'm going to close with one. But Selena Kyle and Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Or rather, Batman and Catwoman. Two characters. I find that to be more of an infa- infatuation than an actual relationship. I, I think if they lived together for like a week, they'd be like, no, 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 I'm not feeling it. I think that Dark Knight Rises Catwoman and Bruce work better than comic they book Catwoman and Bruce. Uh, Hush, really, for me, was the first time I ever believed it might actually work. It's like, for me, it's like neither of you two can settle down, and you know it. No, it's true. I mean, it's funny that Batman just gives her a pass most of the time. Yeah. Like, I think that that, like, that... For me, I think would eventually come to a head. Batman be like, I can't, I can't give you any more allowances. You have everything you want. That means that what you have here is a compulsion. And if there's anybody who knows anything about compulsion or compulsionary behavior, it's this guy. <laughs> so yeah, for real. hit the bricks, bitch. Uh, it's like we but we both see the worst of ourselves in each other. Yeah. Uh, somebody mentioned Thor and Jane Foster. She was on my list, but it's boring, and who cares? <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was boring for the longest time. She's probably one of the most underdeveloped movie romances. Yes. But I really like what Jason Aaron did near the end where she shows up and she's sick with cancer. And Thor's like, oh, I will move heaven and earth to save you, Jane. I will go to the Neuromancers. I will slay a dragon. I will do whatever. And Jane's like, you, you can't slay cancer, silly. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. Oh, you can go to the magic realm and kill a cat that has like a neat little vial around his neck. He has like a cancer curing thing, but it kills <laughs> all disease. And anyway, that's a Doctor Strange, the Oath book, which we will do on back issues, but... That's another story. And, uh, and the fact, too, where it's like, you know, she had kind of moved on and she was seeing another dude at that point. Yeah. Thor's like, that's a, and he's, Thor's like, that's okay. I, I understand. Like, I'll, I'll probably outlive you is the thing. Being a god, I, I can't see a situation where we'd be together because you would die eventually. And that's tragic for me. Yeah. You having cancer is just like slightly accelerating the timetable for me. It's like, like, I want to love you forever, and I want to be with you, but I know I can't. And then she became Thor and got her own hammer, so I don't know if the kids now. So now what the hell's happening? I mean, like... Ima- imagine that if the Thor book was a double Thor book, the two Thors, when, you know, Odin's son eventually does get his own hammer back. Imagine if Jane's like, no, nah, I'm not giving this up. Let's yeah. be Thors together. That'd be cool. I mean, like, listen, there was a time when they had a book called the Thor Core. They did. And they had so many Thors that they didn't know what to do with them all. 
there was Eric Masterson Thor, Odinson Thor, Beta Ray Bill Thor. There was there were way too many Thors. You, they you had couldn't... Thors just recently when it was like a team book. The the Thors book, the Secret Wars book. That was a... it was a cop story. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, and finally, uh, rounding out the conversation and ending this episode of Elseworlds Exchange, Betty or Veronica, Joel? Oh, do you pick the nice blonde one or do you pick the mean one who's got a lot of money? I think you got to pick the mean one who's got <laughs> a lot of money. I'm sorry. I think that like uh, like Mia Wallace says, there's Beatle people and Elvis people. There's all you have to make a choice. There's, there's Betty like, people or Veronica people. There's always oh. going to be Betty or Veronica. Chat. Let us know in the comment section down below. Betty or Veronica? And don't you dare say Cheryl because that's Dilton Doily's woman. <laughs> Uh, well, kick in the Archie knowledge. <laughs> uh, for me, it's got to go Betty. I'm I'm a I'm a girl next door kind of fella. Yeah, uh, I'm always just. I, that's one of my only things that I liked about Friends was uh, whatever. I don't I didn't I didn't watch that show, but like the the woman, she's blonde, the idiot character, Wh- whoever she was. I don't remember. She was reading an Archie comic. She goes, "When is Archie gonna wake up and just go with Betty?" And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, sing it, sister. I completely agree. <laughs> Well, didn't isn't there like a Neil Gaiman story, or maybe I'm make, making up, where it was basically you know uh, approximations of the Archie characters, where he did pick the obvious choice of going with Betty, but he ended up like living fat and miserable for the rest of his life. Yep, uh, I mean even in the in the in the Wade uh, Archie comics going on right now, they do a, they do an amazing. Re- Phoebe, thank you, Red Samurai. Uh, the the reason why they're not together is brilliant and really cool i really liked that though the way the new archie book is an amazing comic i only wish that <laughs> did you, did, did could you ever reading. think you would say that hey guys archie's back and archie's great no uh but uh, let in, me in tell true, you archie never went away is the thing that's true i read a lot of archie as a kid uh my friend it was the only comic he would read were the archie double digests and the betty veronica double digests and the jughead archie book. and sonic never went away no it's true did you hear that <laughs> this is really more like not connected in any way but did you hear they're making a sonic the hedgehog movie with Ugh, both CG they... and live action? Yeah. You know what that's going to be? That's going to be Sonic the Hedgehog is going to blast out of a manhole cover in Times Square. Look around! And for no reason there will be Sega ads, even though those would be completely anachronistic. Well, they play rock around you, rock around. It's tricky. tricky It'll either be... Tricky. Oh, they'll do the tricky for the trailer, but it'll be Smash Mouth for the movie. <laughs> Oh, as it only could be. I mean, when I think of Sonic, I think of Smash Mouth. I think of I think of irrelevant dead crap. So yeah. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our Valentine's Day themed episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. Joel, happy Valentine's Day to you, and uh, same to you. Thank but you very may much. You find love wherever you are, people listening. That's right. And please, uh, for the love of God, do not look to comics for your romantic suggestions. You will only end in heartbreak and/or death. Usually it's both. True. So uh, you know. That's I, I have no love advice. Yes, Chad, that movie will have blast processing here. Right? <laughs> yeah. So Sega do what Nintendo don't. Oh my god. God damn it. So we will see you guys next week with another episode of Elseworlds Exchange. Thank you guys so much for watching. And hey, if you want to check out more of Joel, you can go over to his channel in the description box below this video right now. And we'll see you guys Thank next you. week with another episode. And of course, uh, tomorrow you can see us on, or see me, on Back Issues, where we'll be discussing Spider-Verse.
Thanks a lot one day you might see me on back issues. One day. We, I, I'm telling you, man, one day we're working it out. I mean, you know, if we can't get the Niagara Falls Comic Con going, maybe we'll get uh, something else happening. I, I would like maybe to get over there. Maybe I can just pop down to Jersey for a bit. Right? We got to fold out. You're well, more than welcome to stick just, around just, for a just day. Just me all alone standing in New Jersey. What's going on? Uh, it looks a lot like where I live right now, only people are angrier. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that classic Hollywood thing where it's like, man, nice innocent boy, went to New Jersey with his suitcase and high-flying dreams. Now what <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Thanks a lot for watching, guys. We'll see you guys next week.